You're listening to the Music Interval Theory Podcast with TC and Frank. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Music Interval Theory Podcast. My name is Frank and today I want to take you into a conversation that I've had with TC about the Book of One. So that is part of the How We Hear course and from time to time you will hear us throw around some numbers like 432 and these numbers refer to chromatic steps between the tones. Always be sure to read those numbers from bottom to top and this way you can follow along with what we are talking about. So let's jump right into the conversation. This is going to be book one. Now we have book five and then you might ask, well, why are we going from book five to book one? Well, these are very, very much related, these intervals one and five. And the first way that they're related is that you get all 12 roots. If you go around the, the root cycle, you get all the 12 roots. So I'm covering it from that section first. This is ending up being a very important method by going to the fives and the ones and really learning the fives and the ones uh, with major and minor triads and then we then connecting those triads to ICs, which you're going to see how I'm connecting them both because we're actually on two parallel roads or we can call them concomitant roads. One is the IC road and the other is a diatonic road of major and minor triads. And so we're starting off, and as you can see, this is just an RC1. And this is the horizontal formula for scale tones 1, 3, 5, which is also the IC4 plus 3. So we're starting to introduce the ICs more. Here's a very interesting thing that I discovered, and I'm actually applying this to my guitar practice, and it's amazing. So I'm assuming that it can apply to the piano practice too. But if you just played an RC, starting on one, almost anywhere, and then practice making these moves against it, that four, three, two, it spells like a, a, a little sixth chord, you know? I mean, it's just a, that's the sound of that if you play it vertically. But if I play this, almost against anything, Or you can come up with these different guys. If you were to practice this on the piano, this is a simple thing to practice. And you wanted to repeat it because, you know, it's a 4-3-2, 4-3-2, etc. So you just go. Don't worry about <laughs> what the relation of the notes is. It's just you're practicing an RC against it. Any descending RC. Here's the beauty. It works with ascending too. <laughs> so these are going to become super important because they're little morsels. This is the long part here because this you're spelling out major chords. Uh, 
I don't want to dwell on this because this is a preliminary discussion on the lesson three that's coming up for the people. But this is going to be super valuable. And this completely frees you up. And of course, you can put notes in between these. You don't have to just play these. But if you get used to this, you can do it parallel or contrapuntally. You can read it both ways. These are very interesting. And you get used to how stuff sounds and how it balances out against an RC. Obviously, the 4-3-2, as you said, that's very close to a sixth chord. The 2-4-3, right. on the other hand, is a dominant seventh chord, yeah. which, which is, of course, the, the next higher chord structure on the complexity ladder. So it is really just like having your dominant seventh there and then the resolution to it, which is the, the sixth chord. And that is always a great sound. Yeah, there's a, it's just all sorts of little secrets start coming out of this. So then I, I said, okay, well, that, this is to explain where all this is coming from. I took the top guy, the fifth, the third, the root. This is taking the whole thing horizontally. It's a C, a B chord, a B flat chord, and a A chord. And they're all here to showing you how this has all laid out. Now I'm going to three plus four, and we kind of do the same thing here. We still want to think major triads with the four plus. So now this is going to become my study block eventually after we've gone through a few of these guys and shown them where everything comes from. Okay, now we do the same thing with one, three, four. And you start to see how these guys relate when you just change that one tone. So anyway, I continue with this, and finally we do this guy, the horizontal thing, which is the same as, as this. And now I'm condensing, okay? Because we have to be able to condense. The magic number for the Book of One should be nine, because it's always nine if you take the sum of each line in those three, uh, you know, these matrices with the three numbers, and also the columns. It's always nine, no matter how you look at this, no matter if it was a major triad, a minor triad, or any of the substitute versions. And that is really interesting. So far, it's always adding up that way. To me, it's marvelous the way this is all working out. This is the summation for practice, and we can label it up here, study or practice sheet, okay? Well, it would be interesting now with that in mind, if there existed a little three number matrix for the book of five as well. And if, if that number is the same or a different one. Yes, well, we will do that. A lot of it's coming from 
seeing what you do to, to these things as far as making them more readable and more concise. So that that's helped a lot. But I think you'll find that you will enjoy this, the way it's laid out a lot more. There could be a little more labeling in here, but this is going to be the lesson. I think this is easily two hours. It goes really deep, which means you, you can go into composition parts. You can go into different patterns for singing exercises. And that is really fantastic. Uh, well, I'm going to look at that very carefully now and see the correlation between the other Root Cycle 5s and the Book of Five. This is the first time I really felt like, wow, this is so powerful. And it's amazing to see that this connects so strongly to the chromatic line, which I'm also a big fan of, as you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I know. Well, it'd be interesting to do a little more analysis now with some of the observations that that you've made, which is great. That's exactly what I hope for. Makes the whole development of our course unbelievably powerful. It's applicable to players, you know, because you listen to a lot of these guys play and they're great. They have such facility, but they all kind of sound the same after a while. It's going to be the end of that. I really think it could be the end of that because the great players that have the facility are going to recognize, wow, this is a great way to think. And no two players will be the same. Yeah. Just for the purpose of being different, you can do random stuff, but you can't rely on producing random results because some of them will sound great, some of them won't. From what I listened coming out of this lesson already, this sounds great. And it sounds very different to everything that you find in conventional theory. It connects to so many different places, not just chromatic harmony, but also these very strong vertical structures that are simple, like the sixth chord, the seventh chord. These are simple structures. And yes, depending on the root, we can bring in even more complexity. The overtone series is our friend in doing this, but still that's not the point. The point is not being more complicated, but actually having a more simple pattern that we can follow and still produce sophisticated results, almost like on autopilot. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's marvelous. I'm hoping that what comes out of this is a lot of great information for guitar players too, because you know I'm fond of the guitar players. They're, I have a soft spot in my heart. And I think guitar players, because if they can see how this works, it really is just as applicable as it is to the piano. I think it's even easier to apply because guitar players, they are used to counting the frets anyway. So the whole tablature uh, way of reading notes, this is exactly perfectly aligned with the lesson materials. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping so. <laughs> <laughs> we will see. <laughs> anyway, so um, right. Uh, now I realize I have to teach this on next Tuesday. So we should absolutely focus on the application to show everybody that this actually works. It's not just dry theory with a bunch of numbers. It is almost like the key to opening up that door that is a full garden of different sounds and creatures that you can explore. And this is fun and exciting, of course.
The Book of One is really a very interesting piece of content because it connects to so many different musical places like chromaticism or even the circle of fifths because it contains all the 12 tones and it can lead to very nice musical results. Also very often parts of jazz theory. Well, before we end this episode, let me quickly point out that we have a newly released Composer's Toolkit on the website, which is a free resource for everybody who wants to get his writing skills to the next level. So I highly recommend you check out the free toolkit. Just go to musicintervaltheory.academy slash toolkit and you will find all the good stuff on that page. So I hope that you learned a lot from the book of one and I can't wait to welcome you back in the next episode. Have a wonderful day. This was Frank. Bye. This podcast is powered by the Music Interval Theory Academy, your resource for getting clarity and confidence in music composition and orchestration. See you inside at musicintervaltheory.academy.